You're listening to the Plain Label Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Plain Label Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Williams, and in this episode, we are beginning another look at writer-director Akira Kurosawa, and in this episode, we are discussing 1952's Akiru. Here to discuss the film with me is returning guest, Mr. Ben Teed. Hello. Before getting into our discussion, I would like to mention that this podcast is brought to you by the Deliberate Noise Network. Head over to DeliberateNoise.com and check out some of the other shows that are over there. And for you, the listeners of the Plain Label Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to check them out. For this episode, our Audible recommendation is Life Itself, a memoir by Roger Ebert. This audiobook was narrated by Edward Herman and is over 14 hours long. It retails for over $30, and it can be yours for free. And a little snippet of the book that I found that I quite enjoyed and thought worked well with this particular movie goes like this. In the book, Roger Ebert says, I believe that if, at the end... According to our abilities, we have done something to make others a little happier and something to make ourselves a little happier. That is about the best we can do. To make others less happy is a crime. To make ourselves unhappy is where all crime starts. We must we must try to contribute joy to the world. That is true no matter what our problems, our health, our circumstances. We must try. I didn't always know this. And I'm happy I lived long enough to find it out. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash plainlabel. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash plainlabel for your free audiobook. Mr. Teed, let's yes. do a little drink roll call. What are you having beverage-wise for me? Okay. I'm really excited because uh, for the film and for... Uh, the choice of drink. I'm just, I'm just like, the, we literally have hit. The, if this, it, it's only downhill from here. Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, like, I literally think this is one of my favorite drinks, uh, ciders I've had in the past six months. Um, I tend to get uh, a lot of uh, hard ciders nowadays. I'm, I'm kind of not done with beer, but I, I'm kind of I haven't really bought. My own beer in like a long, like probably more than a year now. It's all been like hard ciders and stuff. And one of my favorites, me and my wife both love uh, Blake's hard cider up in Michigan. Okay. Uh, oh gosh, I, I, I'm not sure exactly where in Michigan. It's near Detroit, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll look it up later. But particularly their seasonal beverage called Archimedes, mm. and it is, it's, I, it's not a lot of alcohol. It's six point five. Um, but oh, Armada, Michigan. Thank you, thank you, Can for telling me. <laughs> um, there's a poem on this on this damn on this damn can. A wise old owl lived in an oak. More than he saw, the less the more he saw, the less he spoke. The less he spoke, the more he heard. Down below, the people's excited word of a mythic cider and how merry of that combination of vanilla and elderberry. Now, I don't taste any bit of either of those. I mean, I actually don't know about elderberry. I don't know if I've ever had an elderberry. But I definitely don't taste vanilla in this. But it is just a smooth, it's not a, It's not very dry. 
it's just a just a really good cider drink that just makes me really happy and it's got this gorgeous owl design on the label hmm. and uh i cannot i it, i there was no hope for the longest time in november of it getting sold around here in uh in like fort wayne area northern indiana you know even with us being so close to michigan i just was like it's nowhere on the map where the heck is it where the heck is it and i was out just shopping for new year's eve treats and stuff like that and i saw it and like i'm oh my gosh and i grabbed like two six packs and threw them in my <laughs> cart and very nice. And my wife's like, "Yep, there you go." <laughs> Smart move, Ben. Good move. Uh, I am having a tried and true with a little bit, uh, a little bit of a difference here. I'm going with Svedka vodka once again. Um, I did joke with my wife. We 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 recently went to <laughs> an Asian uh, restaurant not too long ago and had some sake, and I was like, "Oh, Ooh. that would have went perfect with this movie," but alas, I didn't have uh, some sake just laying around, but. So I, I went with uh, Svetka Vodka and the um, – I usually do Lime LaCroix, but my wife was feeling adventurous and got us the Berry LaCroix. So uh, Svetka Vodka and Berry LaCroix, I don't have any Ooh. sort of fun story or anything about it. <laughs> no, that's fine. I just – it's seriously like – wait, I just tried the LaCroix too. We, we got a membership to Costco now, and mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's been – yeah, it's been really uh, – Man, we've been trying all sorts of adventurous things. I mean, yeah. I, we talk about like LaCroix as if it's adventurous or whatever, but like, it's still funny because it's just, I don't know. I'm just glad that, uh, that, you know, for, I couldn't, I can't think of a more appropriate beverage for this film. Yeah. You know, in particular. And we'll get, so we'll get way into it, but mm-hmm. yes, they're mm-hmm. first things first. Sorry. Right. So, uh, <laughs> drink roll call is done. Audible recommendation is done. I think with that, we are ready to begin our discussion on 1952's Akiru. その人の心に一かけらの美しい思い出も一筋の愛の光も咲かないとしたらこれは人対決したある孤独な心の記録であるところか知れません
ってると楽しいわよ。ねえ、課長さんも何か作ってみたらもう、遅い。Synopsis goes like this Kanji Watanabe is a civil servant. He's worked in the same department for 30 years. His life is pretty boring and monotonous, though he once used to have a passion and drive. Then one day he discovers that he has stomach cancer and has less than a year to live. After the initial depression, he sets about living for the first time in over 20 years. Then he realizes that with his limited time left, Ooh, let me read this.、Uh, this is poorly written. Let me try that again. Then he realizes that his limited, lime, his limited time left is not just for living life to the full, but to leave something meaningful behind. And I will edit some of that, but man, that is roughly written there at the end. So,、uh, that is the IMDb plot synopsis.、Um, Last time, for people,、uh, if they're catching up with our Akira Kurosawa discussion, we did a lot of sort of swords and samurai and battles and that sort of thing. And this is about as far away from that as I could think of. This is a very,、yeah. this is a very quiet, very character driven sort of a film.、Uh, that being said, what did you think First of all, of the film, and secondly, what did you think of it in comparison to the films that we have discussed up to this point? I can answer both of, the, both of those very easily in one sentence. I think it's the best film I've seen so far from Ooh, Kirk Kurosawa. Wow, very interesting. I knew nothing going in.、Um, and there were moments in this movie where I was, I was starting to get a little worried. I'm like, could this possibly be the first Kurosawa film that I am, that I am like, Not all about, or I didn't really、mm-hmm. care about.、And、we can, we can kind of get into that a little bit.、Mm-hmm. Um, when we get to like the plot and, and the way the details go throughout the, throughout the story. But, um, yeah, no, I, I walked away from this movie. I think, I think you had mentioned Ebert a, a little while ago,、mm-hmm. uh, on our way in and stuff like that.、And、I remember,、uh, I'm paraphrasing his quote here, but there was something that he said that really struck me a few years ago when, He talks about writing reviews. 
when he wrote reviews, he would um, it, it would be a reflection of what he felt in his life, what was going on in his life, mm-hmm. and, cer- and certain things that um, that you take away from this film um, are are things that that you get. Some people, if I were to watch this earlier in life or later in life, I may not have gotten the same mm-hmm. out of it or have felt the same way about the film because of what my current life is like. Sure. Exactly. And, and I, and, and just the way life, uh, and death, uh, that surrounds life, um, has, has kind of shown me. And, um, yeah, we're going to, Eric, we're going to get really deep in here. <laughs> things, are, <laughs> things might get real tonight is what I'm trying to say. Uh, yes, I, I, I just, this is, I, I should I should wait and say this line until the very end, but I think this is this is um, required viewing for human beings on planet Earth. Mm. <laughs> like, I think everyone should watch this film. There's something I think that everyone could get out of it, and people that kind of lose uh, perspective in some ways could really use, especially in our society in America today, even. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some things in here that I, I think are really super valuable and, and it's, it's a, this is the, um, this is the equivalent of like a, a not a guilt trip, but a gut check, mm. uh, you know, in, in terms of, of, you know, what it means to be a, a, a human being and, and, and part of being a part of society and, and, and not even just not even being part of society, being satisfied with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. We didn't. We didn't have any little chit chat beforehand. Uh, before the the before discussing uh, the film tonight, or asked how um, get get into real details of what's going on currently. But um, turns out in in November, I had lost my job again for the mm-hmm. second yet yeah, second year in a row. Um, I wasn't. Uh, they they were doing away with my position at the place that I was employed and. Um, they've, they've since, uh, gone on and, and are no longer needing my services and stuff. So I spent this past holiday season, which is normally reserved for, you know, a very happy time and stuff like that, trying to be very patient and, and, you know, take deep breaths, you know, <laughs> uh, um, uh, hypothetically, not hypothetically, um, you know, um, just, just trying to get through uh, a very hard season of of the year mm-hmm. when when you know you're around your family and stuff like that. It's it's been a really tough 2017 in general um, for for other personal reasons and whatnot. But particularly the the cherry on top of that was losing losing my job again and and currently you know waiting and and this movie hits you in such an interesting way when he learns about his cancer and mm. he starts to look for the meaning of his life. What a, what a, there is no other movie perfect for me right now. I need, <laughs> I needed a message like that. Not that I'm sitting there going, what is it? This is a horrible, what is it? But you know, there are, there are nights, you know, where my wife goes into work and I'm, I'll be honest, I sit and watch movies and, 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 you know the dishes have never been more clean, uh-huh. uh, and, and whatnot. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's been it's been a pain in the ass to try to, to for the just the waiting because it's the worst time of year to start 
trying to get a job, mm-hmm. um, especially at the very, very start. But to see this um, turn of events, even from someone who is going to lose their life, was so important for me to see right now. And it was just a, me- a hopeful message of, of just, I don't know, like it was like a self-cleansing or a, or a, a self-therapeutic um I mean, I, I, Eric, I got a lot out of this. I got a lot out of this experience, and even more so than any of the other films, which are great films. They're great samurai films, and they're all fables, and they're interesting Star Wars-like, you know, uh, films. But this is the first time I think we've ever watched a film by uh, by Kurosawa that feels like it should. It's it's written into the code of humanity. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> this, this this there's so many truths happening in this. Um, and yeah, you can get, you could say this movie gets a little bogged down and maybe some of the bureaucratic stuff that goes on, but man, like there's, there's something here that, that really spoke to me, uh, in particular for, for what's going on in my life. And, and, um, I actually ran in, my, my wife was sick. Uh, I watched this over New Year's and, and, um, my wife was really sick and I, ran in and just halfway through the movie just had to tell her all about this movie. <laughs> and she's like, she, it was one of those things where she's like, she got interested, but I don't know. I don't know. Like this is a very big leap for some people. I understand. Yes. To, I would to, say so. To jump into, uh, you know, pe- people aren't lining up around the block to see a cure, mm-hmm. even though, even though it's like the, the taste, the tastiest vegetable of them all, you know, <laughs> they need to be eating this, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I responded very. I, I responded like that, Eric. <laughs> you, you responded positively. That's for sure. A little bit, yeah. Well, that's really funny. Um, you know, and you mentioned this before, but for listeners, you know, Ben and I didn't. We didn't chat going into. Uh, you know, we turned the mic on pretty quick this time, and sometimes we chat about how things are going, and this time we we didn't really. And I think that the reason that I chose that specifically ended up being really coincidental because Ben and I had a really, really similar experience with this movie. Um, I, by the time this releases, this will already be common knowledge to the listeners of the show, but I also left my position in December uh, where I was teaching was not good for me. It was uh, panic attack stricken sort of things to where I wouldn't, I'd have insomnia and I'd get up and, and, and get sick in the mornings and, and it wasn't great. And so I decided to leave. And so you have this holiday season of, Oh yeah, I'm going to sub and I'll pick up hours doing yada, yada, yada. Uh, and so I watched this a few days ago with my wife going to her job and our daughter going to school and me sitting at home and I particularly found the dishes never been cleaner line to to <laughs> strike true because I'm you know it's getting to the point where now I'm like okay well um I'm going to uh do some laundry and uh even though I don't really need to do laundry very much you know it's like I'm going to set it on the really small setting because I don't really have that much to do <laughs> 
Uh, I've got. I'm gonna you know, go out grocery shopping. Yeah, Do you yeah. Want to Come with me. Yes, yes, yeah. please. I've, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna try a new recipe, and so I'm gonna go out and find uh, some some food we don't normally make. And I'm I going, made gumbo. What did you make? Oh, you know what? I made. Uh, I made some beef stew, and I made some uh, chicken noodle that we actually had earlier today. Hell yes, that's what that's what I'm saying. Anyways, yeah. and and so it's a lot of you know I got a stack of books that I'm going through. Uh, I've, yep. I've read the first, uh, three volumes of Parker by Darwin Cook, uh, yesterday. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Normally I would try to like space that out a little bit, but I just, you know, read them all because I didn't have anything else to do. It's like, oh, I'll go get, I'll go get Anna from school. I'll, I'll take her. Sure. I'll take her. I'll drop her off. So. Isn't that crazy? It's just so much. But yeah, I mean, this, this, you know, you're in the middle of all your, you, right now you and I, are very similar in the way we're consuming, we're consuming, we're consuming. And then a film like this just comes and it just, I mean, it just trapped me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it almost, it's almost unfair, like, mm-hmm. how it just got me. But there are elements in here that are mixed into the recipe of this film that go beyond just, I think I would have felt very strongly about this film, even outside of my current situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, particularly um, the character Kaji. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the actor, oh gosh, we're here. We are here. We're already here. Uh, Takashi, Takashi Shimura. Shimura mm-hmm. His face in this film, just, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's the saddest face I've ever seen. It really I mean, is. I, you know, he he is a guy who was in Rashomon as well, I believe. Uh, he was yes. one of the old men, right? Right. At the beginning where the. But, I mean, if people want to look him up, if you just look up Akiru at IMDb and you look at some of the images that are uh, um, that are associated right at the front page there of the of the uh, of the movie, that's exactly what we're talking about where he's got he's very, very emotive. And, of course, the language barrier is there, but you can tell what he's thinking just by looking at him throughout the film. Yes. And. One of the things that I had written down was, you know, we didn't really know too much about this film going into it. I remember you said something about Akiru, and I looked at the poster and was like, oh, okay, it's this dude on a swing in the snow. That seems way different than Seven Samurai. Let's check that out, right? And I was really, I was really struck by how funny I found the beginning of it when they have the sewage and we have these women who are complaining about the sewage and, and we have this government runaround and this whole, no, that's public works. That's sanitation. That's what have you. It struck to me almost like watching a parks and rec sort of a situation where everybody (laughs) didn't want to do the work. Right. And I just, I thought that that was awesome. I just really enjoyed the fact that, uh, you know, I just really enjoyed the fact that in this world, um, in this long ago of a film, you know, from the fifties set in the, in the late forties, I believe, um, it's a movie where it's saying like, no, you know, this whole government runaround, this has been going on for a while. This is not a new thing. You know, this whole bureaucratic nonsense, like this is, this is kind of a satire on that. And, 
I didn't really know because I didn't look up the IMDb, you know, plot synopsis or anything before I watched it. I didn't know anything about the movie whatsoever before putting it in or before uh, purchasing it via Amazon. And I was really kind of struck by the opening where, you know, it's we've got the narration and it says this person's got stomach cancer. And then we had these bits where I thought it was kind of funny. And the moment that it turns is this realization scene where we have a patient and he's saying, look, if they tell you this, this means this. And you've got these symptoms, right? And he doesn't say a word when he's being told about these symptoms, but he just crumbles sentence by sentence when he's, he, when this guy is just nailing all of these symptoms that he has. And I was just so with him at that moment. Like, I was just like, Oh my God, you know, to be in this sort of situation where you, you are being told before the doctor gets to you exactly what's happening to you and exactly what your terminal diagnosis is going to be and what they're going to say. I was really sort of struck by that. And I didn't know if it was because of being in a more sort of vulnerable, uh, emotional state due to being at home by myself a lot or what exactly. But I was really struck by that, by that beginning part, how it, it in a sort of deliberate way was sort of playing with my emotions a little bit because you have the beginning and you're like, Oh, okay, this is a serious mature film. And then you had for me a little bit of the com- the comedic nonsense and then you go to that realization scene and this is all in like probably the first 20, 20 minutes or so. And I was like, holy shit, where is this movie going to take me? Cause this is, this is rough on me so far already. Man. So. Oh, oh there. No, so Did that was, no, so that I was taking a drink. So that's where that, uh, that's where that went. I do have a question before, before, uh, we dive any deeper into the film. You, uh, you have this on Blu-ray. Is that right? Yeah, I have the Criterion Collection Blu-ray that came out a few years ago. Okay, let me ask you this. So, at the beginning specifically, did you notice anything that seemed like the film had been damaged when some of the transitions were happening? Like when it would cut from one scene to another? Not at all. I never noticed that at all. I was watching pretty closely, too. Okay, so I what I'm going to say is that the Amazon video is probably not the same as the Criterion version. Uh, okay. Because like the, the, like the, you know how, <laughs> and it always ends up coming down to this, but you know how when you watch George Lucas talk about the old Star Wars, uh, like the film was deteriorating, right? And they had to, they had to like right. clean it up and all that sort of thing. And, and okay, I see what you're saying. When I'm watching this, there's parts where it cuts from one scene to another, and it's almost like you can see the the film kind of curling instead of just cutting straight away. Oh, weird. Yeah, okay, was, no, that that was completely out. Like mm. this was uh, entirely cleaned up, and I actually didn't notice any real blemishes at all to the film, which was actually kind of nice because I think I saw something similar to that on the other. Blu-rays, whether it was, um, uh, let me think, like, uh, I can't think of a good example right now, but I do remember a, a uh, like a take or so, I can't remember if it was Seven Samurai or Rashomon, hmm. it was one of the earlier ones, mm-hmm. maybe it was even Hidden Fortress, but one of them has, like, 
a moment in it where um, it was a bad cut, like the way you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, no, I, I, this, this one was, and Criterion, I mean, when they're putting out their transfers, they usually try to make it as, as the best as they, you know, possibly can. Yeah, as pristine as um, they can do. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that stuff is so fascinating. By the way, as a side note, I think that would be an interesting job. Take old film and old frames and clean them up, and you know, redo this—not redo the sound, but clean up the sound—and do your best to try to like, you know, it, film restoration is very important. I mean, mm-hmm. and and we only have—I guess I—I I, I don't know the exact percentage, but it's apparently a very small percentage uh, of of the of the world's films um, committed to digital and and saved, and we have them, you know, multiple you know, versions and stuff like that. That's why you're always hearing, like, every few years, they're like, oh, more a new cut of Metropolis is out because they found new reels that have new stuff. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, here's new stuff like that and and stuff that's just lost to time because of, you know, and and it's only going to get worse because, Mm -hmm. you know, we've just gotten past all, trying to clean up all the, uh, we're still trying to clean up a lot of the silent film stuff, but, uh, silent era, but, you know, these, these films all the way from, like, 50s to 70s, uh, even all of the 80s and 90s for Kurosawa. One of these days, they're going to need, um, you know, cleaned up or you know, physical media is still going to be needed to some capacity. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm I'm glad that Criterion and other companies are are doing the part to to make sure that that's because these need to be celebrated. Let's be honest, every single one we've watched, I think, is. As a classic. Oh yeah, we haven't picked any that we've been like. Uh, I mean, it was all yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's hard. Well, I mean, with Kurosawa, it's hard to. I feel like you know, it's almost like we we need to intentionally pick like one that people hear isn't as good. I'll probably, I'll be honest, I'll probably still enjoy it to some degree. Mm-hmm. It's just hard not to now because because I think we're getting to the point here, and especially with Akira, there was like a, a roadmap getting sent out with Seven Samurai, Rashomon, Yojimbo, Hidden Fortress. With our first four films, there was this, I'm starting to see his morality roadmap that he set out. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I understand what, where, what Kurosawa is saying. But with Akiru, it's, it's much different. This was, this was done in such a, it's different and it's no different at the same time. There's a, there's almost a, um, more meditativeness to the feelings of of the subject of death and and what happens and whatever that's not just played as in Seven Samurai or Rashomon death is played as a game as a mm-hmm. joke not a joke but like it's serious and it's a very serious game but it's still a game like you know there's good guys and bad guys in Seven Samurai or Rashomon they play with the supernatural of there being a ghost Mm-hmm. You know, or something like that. But like here, it's almost like it's the ultimate enemy. It's the it's the thing that is here to to get you, and and you're measuring yourself. You're. It's almost like um, this film is. Um, don't measure yourself by others. Don't measure mm-hmm. yourself by the standards that you set for yourself. You know, just look for look for your own. Happiness and look for your own, um, look for your own successes. But, but success doesn't necessarily have to mean that you are 
this this wonderful celebrated person that built the park mm-hmm. in place of the cesspool that was growing next to this little village area or something like he 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 you know I know we're getting into kind of like a, a spoiler part but but um but we're we're getting into the we're talking about how he you know he died in the park but the, even the even the police officer comes over and it's just like I, I thought it was a homeless man and stuff like that but it was actually um it's actually kanji and and um you know, he died. It, the the uh, autopsy brought back that it was stomach cancer and, and all mm-hmm. this stuff like that. And, oh, he had built us this park, and but this uh, this mayor, deputy mayor, or whatever, is trying to get recognition for it and stuff like that. Like even it's a very Japanese ending, and I mean that in the way of it's a little bit convoluted in its in its uh, premise. And oh gosh, I should really try to give an example. It's like, oh gosh, uh, Kanji died. We're all sad about it. He didn't get the recognition that he that he deserved while he was alive for doing such a thing. You know, we're all going to be eternally sad that that he uh, went to the grave, never knowing how truly great he was. Mm-hmm. Type of thing. Um, I think it's a very, and then of course the the feeling of there was just honor in that. Kanji went to his grave, didn't raise a stink about anything. He it was like being a true mensch, a true man about it. Mm-hmm. it really, really just you know, uh, uh, stiff upper lip, just went on, you know, went in, went into the afterlife or went into went went to death with with no with with a with really a self. I'm assuming a self, um, as 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 shown by the. The swinging scene, the very like, you know, dusty, crying. Okay, I'll be honest. I was in, drenched, drenched in tears. <laughs> um, uh, death scene. Mm-hmm. And so I, I there's a, the, the, you almost get a sense of that. There was this, um, there was this meaning, the self meaning, and and it didn't even matter even to his own flesh and blood, his son and stuff like that. It, none of that stuff really. I mean. It's really about your son can be proud of you, your 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 wife can be proud of you, your 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 mother and father can be proud of you, but like if you're not feeling it, if right. you're not if you're not satisfied, that's a that's I'm gonna I'm willing to bet there are plenty of people that go off into the go off into the ether, go off into the into the the light <laughs> uh and, and are never heard from again that aren't satisfied. Probably mm-hmm. plenty of people, and this is a tale of you think it's going that way, but you know what though? Like, there's something about this film though too, Eric. That like, it's not a preachy film. I, for people that are just listening, that that just want to know, like, if I'm trying to, t- if I'm trying to, you know, sell you on this movie, I'm probably doing a very bad job. But <laughs> I don't think so. Because <laughs> well, you but you have the context of seeing it. If yeah. I were, to, I'm, I'm I'm describing it to my wife, and it sounds very like, you know. Talking about loss and talking about you know the the stages of death and talking about like coming to terms with with this with his illness and stuff like that and like I gotta be honest that doesn't like sound like something that it was it sounds very fun it doesn't sound like it would be it sounds like it would be like a gauntlet of emotion and sadness and and like not something that you would just want to spend your New Year's Eve doing but I totally <laughs> did and uh, and. 
and I, alone and did it, and I loved it. <laughs> like people were inviting me to things, and I'm like, no, that's fine. And then I, and I'm like, if they only knew that I was staying indoors <laughs> and watching Akira, by myself, yeah. <laughs> watching a super sad movie, like, and I knew going in it was going to be sad, but man, like, did I did I not? Because there, I'll be honest, there's a there's a particular scene in this film that I was just like all out weeping at. I mean, mm. and we'll, we'll get to that. Sure. But but right before it gets to be a little preachy, like preachy as in like, uh, um, uh, like a, I don't know. Well, it's, it's, it's like almost leading you to think that it's going to be a lesson that's mm, going to be learned. Yeah, it's oh, not, you should have enjoyed your life. Yeah, it's you not trying it. to try. It's not trying to tell you how to live. No, not at all. It's but I think the best part about it is um, when the novelist comes in when he's at the when when um, Watanabe's at the at the bar, and um, he meets this uh, this writer figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's played by you know you know Suki Ito, mm-hmm. unless that's like the character's name. Uh, uh, no, I don't, I, I'm it, confused it, now. No, <laughs> you're right. He's just named the novelist. Oh, he's just okay. He is the novelist. Mm-hmm. Okay, well that's good because um, that that character when he comes in, he learns about his life and what's what's going to happen to him because he doesn't tell a soul except for this guy at the bar, mm-hmm. and he and he like gets to the point of like let me tell you, and they have this wonderful night of like just living it up and spending money. He wanted to spend 50,000 yen, I think. Yes. All in one night in one big thing, you know, and just like, I mean, this, this character, this novelist could have really done something there. I mean, he really could have messed with him a little bit, but I think that's the interesting part is this guy learns that man, man, this guy's not kidding. This guy's Mm going to poison himself. He's going to, he's going to kill himself. Mm -hmm. You know, what's, what's, what's interesting here is, and I didn't know this until maybe today, or, you know, as I was reading up on this film, um, um, Akira Kurosawa, unfortunately, tried to commit suicide in the early 70s. Oh, really? Um, I didn't know that. He's always thought about death. Yeah, he, he slashed himself 30 times. Lucky he didn't even, lucky lucky he didn't lose his life then. But, like, you know, a guy like that, you know, you can tell almost that this guy knows knows this area of the mind to go in. And and it spelled. I mean, it spelled it out for me completely. Like like I've never heard it before. I mean, mm. this guy sitting there drinking sake, just downing it, as, or thinking about downing it as he has the stomach cancer, and and apparently it's it's a death toll. It's a death knoll or whatever for for um for getting your getting your ass killed uh, if you don't you know watch out. But um the the particular part when uh they're in this. Gosh, what is it? It's like a performance hall or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I wouldn't even know how sings. to describe it, really. Yeah, it's like a piano bar. Slash, hey, but that makes it sound like it's it's a different type of place. There's dancing girls and there's a guy playing piano and and they're all hanging out and there's obviously probably alcohol involved or something like that and it gets real quiet. He requests a certain song and I don't even remember the song. But man, when he starts singing, well, when he's singing the song, yeah. <laughs> Everyone, I mean, he sings it with like immense sadness, and it affects everyone in the place. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, it's gondola. Song no, of the gondola. Uh, mm-hmm. Song of the gondola. The gondola song. Yes, nineteen fifteen romantic ballad. It's what Wikipedia says. But man, like, 
You know, life is brief, fall in love, maidens, before the crimson bloom fades from your lips, before the tides of passion cool within you, for those of you who know no tomorrow. And he's singing it, and he's just got this wonderful, wonderfully sad face, and everyone can feel it in the room. Mm-hmm. It's just, he's he's paralyzed by the feeling of what's going to happen to him. And what to do with it. And I just, yeah, it's, there's something about that scene that really puts things into perspective for me personally, and probably mm-hmm. for both of us. Oh, yeah. That just makes us just go, Jesus, like, you know, and here I am, like, feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. As 20, as it turns 2018, you know? And, and like, I'll, I'll be honest though, like, it, it, it really worked. It really, I mean, this movie is like the equivalent of a really strong prayer for a religious person for mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. Like that, I, I'm, I, this goes beyond like the, Eric, that was a really good movie. Like it is, it's beyond that for me, man. I mean, I think I've made that very clear, mm-hmm. but, <laughs> but there's just something about it for me right now that just, there's a real honesty that I just thought, how does one write this? How does one get to that point? Cause I'm assuming, Kurosawa wasn't going through uh, any sort of, you know, uh, cancer himself or anything like that. I wonder, and I, I looked it up and read that he, yeah, that in 1971 he had, I don't know what movie he was in the middle of making, but, I mean, I don't I don't know what happened, but, man, it's just, I wouldn't have guessed that, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, well, so speaking of that, that scene, um Real quick with the trivia on that, to, it, when they asked how he's supposed to sing it, or when they did the rehearsal, this is according to IMDb trivia, so who knows, but uh, Akira Kurosawa told the actor to sing the song as if you are a stranger in a world where nobody believes you exist. Wow. So if I had a director to- tell me that, I don't, I mean, first of all, I don't know what that means. Like, I don't know how to interpret that really. Uh, but one of the things that I was really struck by the way that he was singing this very sad song, which definitely had a lot of dust flying around in the room and is really sad while I'm watching it, is that he was almost, it almost came across like he was singing it in his mind because his mouth was moving so little and it wasn't a performance it wasn't a, hey, look at me while I sing this sad song and let me try to invoke that emotion into you. It was a singular experience to where he's just feeling this and it's coming out of his mouth. And then people are struck by it as happenstance in my reading of it to where that's not his main goal. He's just experiencing these emotions and singing this song. And I loved that. And <laughs> I thought that that yeah, was I great. I love that. And yeah, I like, I like that interpretation as well. That, or I just like that description. Just. Mm. Well, let me ask you this. So we, we've kind of talked about how this is a sad, uh, movie and there's sad bits of it. What were some of the scenes in particular that really struck you as being particularly, uh, effective in that respect? Yes. Okay. So besides all the sad stuff that really got emotional and, and all that, um, one of the scenes is he is with um, the uh, his oh the employee it's like his, 
his employee is his coworker lady. Uh, she's much younger. She's a very beautiful young lady. Yes. Um, it, I think I think it's uh, Toyo. Toyo, yes. Toyo is very youthful. She's energy. She moves. She stands. I just she reminds me of the princess a little bit from from uh, from Hidden Fortress. Oh yeah. Like she she's just she she's just like a firecracker almost, mm-hmm. and she enjoys like humor and all that stuff like that, and and. She she spends her a couple of days uh, uh, with and um and very sweet um that you know that says something about her in particular mm-hmm. but um they're in a, they're in a couple of different restaurants they get like tea and stuff like that and you know she they talk about the nicknames and whatnot that they have for those and that was pretty good <laughs> yes uh him his uh kanji's nickname being the mummy but that's so perfect because the entire film he is the exact opposite of toyo she is energy and full of life and moving and he is still and silent and expressionless i mean not not entirely expressionless but like much less spelled out on its face uh especially early on when he's before he learns his his um his fate mm-hmm. um there's a there's a i just i just i think she's such a good character but in the moment when um there is they're in the restaurant and they're i think they're in like a restaurant or a hotel or something like that and she's like why do you want to be around me is it because you love oh, me or yes. is it because like is it because of this or that you know, is it because you 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 want to you want to like? Are you just a creep or what? What's going on? Why do you why are you obsessed with me? Why do you want to be with me all the time and stuff like that? You know, I I just don't want to give you t- my time because it's starting to be weird. And his response like just breaks my goddamn heart. <laughs> it's just you know he just you're so youthful, you're so full of life, you're so I long to be that. I I just. I like being around it. I like seeing it. It's almost like someone who's only known darkness for their entire life, mm-hmm. and they finally turn on a light. And it's a very tiny, little, flickering little light, and it's full of energy and everything like that. But you can't tell me that that person that has only known darkness would would feel that, like would just be transfixed by it. It couldn't look away from it. Wanted it in every bit of its time. You know, this feeling of like, okay, I'm gonna go rest now, but as soon as as I'm up, I'm gonna go look over at that light. You know, there's this feeling of like almost like it's a warmth that's emanating from Toyo, and she's just so she she really is the embodiment of that. And he's just so he's just so distraught and doesn't know what to do. And he thought by being a part of her, or like being a part of her daily life, or being around her, or talking with her, or just really not leaving her alone, um, she starts to get really uncomfortable. But I think he thinks he might get it might rub off on him a little bit or something. Mm-hmm, Maybe mm-hmm. some answers might present themselves by being around someone like that. I also need to say, Eric, it's so genius, so genius of filmmaking that they are doing this very difficult scene of talking about a very difficult subject like this. All the while a like what is it, like a sweet sixteen? Birthday parties <laughs> yes. going on in the background, right? And they just keep getting like distracted by it, like they look over at it, or or I'm getting distracted by it, like as a viewer. And that is just such a, of a thing. I don't know what the context is. I don't know what the thought was behind it. Maybe if I 
if I dive into this movie again and just eat that up, maybe I'll, I'll see. I just feel like that was such an interesting way to show that scene. You could have put them in a quiet corner in a, in a bar. You could have put them in really anywhere, you know, having tea, you know, like, like in the last scene or whatever. But the fact that that was, I'm not sure exact. I'm, I'm not going to say I'm fully aware of what Kurosawa was doing in that scene. Um, like by doing it that way and having that in the background, but I got to imagine he's saying something there. And I, and I, I think it might have something to do with like, excuse me, the energy and the, 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 the youthfulness that's there. You know, it's almost like, it's almost like, um, you know, listen, <laughs> you know, uh, um, Kanji, you, you've, you've, You've wondered all your life about being a part of, of being a part of a joyous, you know, uh, a situation or, or ha- you're asking this young lady for, or for, for Toya for all sorts of like, you know, what, 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 what what's the secret to your, to you being able to just have this happiness or this, this, uh, joyousness or energy or whatever. And it's like literally staring at, staring him in the face from across the aisle. Like, in some ways, it, it, you can almost kind of like not really understand it, but you can understand it. it, it I like how it's just kind of open like that, depending mm-hmm. on your point of view. You know, you know. I think it's very just a just a interesting interesting chain of events that leads to the end of this film. And then some people I think could probably walk away from this movie saying, well, did he really end up having a life of substance? And, you know, it really just kind of depends on who you are. I think, right. I, I happen to think that he, that he does. And I, and I don't think there's any, really any, any sort of, I, I like to say this now, but I'd, I'd be interested in hearing another person try to shake my, my point of view that I think he had a, a good life. And that this movie isn't just a work of like hopelessness. Well, what I think, yeah. Ben, is I don't know that it's important for the audience to decide if he's had a good life or not. I think that it's important for that character to know that he's had a good life. I guess that's what I, I guess that's what I'm I'm getting to is okay is is that I think I'm not getting to, but I guess that's what I'm trying to say is does the audience think that he had a good life or mm-hmm. or and under under the audience's perception do they do they think that he had a good life or do they think that it ended very sad and lonely and that it wasn't fulfilling or whatever and i think you could argue it both ways i'm just so in one camp mm-hmm. thinking one way that i would be interested in seeing another person's perspective cuz i happen to think that that last shot of him in the in the park while it oh, snows and him wonderful. looking up and, and singing is just so good and so beautiful. And I can't, yeah, he's got a sad face on and it's not, you know, it's not the worst in the world. And this is also coming after his wake. Mm-hmm. Like it cuts mm-hmm. from that, from him alive to the ne- very next shot of him. All these people are at his wake, all his coworkers, all the people that were in his life, his family members, his daughter-in-law, his son, Everybody's there, and they're all speculating. Even the deputy mayor is all there, and and they're all arguing about you know the bureaucraticness. Still, it's just kind of ugly, and it's just that's when it really starts to get a little, um, I don't know. Uh, it, it's a, 
I just think that it's more, it's honest. It's, uh-huh. it's a real honest show of, of how cynical our world is. Um, but, but I think it's a little, uh, I think it's, 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 it's just kind of interesting that that's where, um, the story decides to go suddenly. Suddenly he's just dead. He's out mm-hmm. of the story. Mm-hmm. And now it's, we're seeing it from the, from the, you know, going back through the coworkers debating like just the meaning of his life and his family members like going, well, what was the whole deal with that young lady he was seeing? I guess he wasn't his lover. I don't know. You know, and just like <laughs> the fact that they're just, they're not even, they're, they just don't know it because they're not close enough the way we were for the last, his last few days of his life. Mm-hmm. But, um, I like that there's that humor too. Like it's kind of funny in some of the moments when they're, Kind of trying to like all trying to agree and they mm-hmm. have to be like all in agreement together. It has to be unanimous almost. Well, about- I think, I think that goes to show how few individuals there are in the society at this time to where everyone was kind of a yes man or passing things along down the line. Like, yes. the, like the government. And so once someone would have a differing, a differing opinion, then everyone went along with that differing opinion. And that's the type of politicalness that can get put in a film that I super love. Mm-hmm. I actually really like that that they he makes those points, but doesn't get like too political in a way of like, well, you should vote for this person or this, oh, right. or this yeah, person's yeah. terrible. Like that's just blatant, just like propaganda. But like this type of talk about how the bureaucracy of it all is just. They're all you all look like a bunch of idiots, pretty mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and. And the feeling of watching them all of the 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 moms group that came in the whole the whole movie gets set off by having this moms moms group group of mothers uh, from the community all come in or just you know wives or whatever that have children um, come in and they they want to get this uh, park built and of course as you described earlier they just get sent pretty much around to every single little department in 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 the neighborhood and. Um, they come in at the end and honor him, and I and all they're all crying and stuff like that. It's almost like they know, they always knew, you know, like they're the only ones that celebrate. And it's interesting, is just like you know, in, in some ways they do get they he does get somewhat celebrated, uh, Watanabe does, because um, right. there's a really good shot of the construction and he's standing there and it's the first time you almost see him smile. Um, it's not the first time you do see him laugh with with uh, with Toya, but. But um, and having a great time when he's all out with the with the writer character, right? But there's almost like a a true. There's not just laughs and guffaws and 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 silly like joke smile. This is like I did something. I finally made a difference, and not just a difference to my community and I helped people, but I made a difference to myself. Mm-hmm. This doesn't have anything to do with driving my son to school or making sure he's happy or giving him money or doing this or that for him. Like it has nothing to do with, you know, spending 50 million or 50, was it 50,000 yen on one thing at a time just to make myself happy. This is like, this is like a, a, a life changing like moment where I feel like I, I touched, I touched lives here. Mm-hmm. And and whether they know it or not, I don't care. I'm happy that I was able to do it. 
that's the that's what's getting spelled out to me just by that guy's damn face. <laughs> so just by his damn face. That's right. Well, so, let, let me go back a little bit. So one of the things that uh, you started talking about what you felt like the girls in the background celebrating that birthday party meant to you. What I thought it was was sort of a realization on both of those characters and as the audience of the fact that she is too young. She is too young to be hanging out with him the way that they're hanging out. And I liked the fact that this is the group she should be with. And they kind Uh. of, they kind of noticed that she should probably be over there with them celebrating this young girl's birthday and instead she's with this elderly because he's not like he's middle-aged like he's old he's he's an elderly gentleman and so she's having fun with him and breathing life into him and and he kind of wants to siphon some of that off like we were saying but she's too young for him you know and and that's kind of what that struck me as to where they sort of both seem to realize it in their own way to where okay you know she kind of belongs with them and instead of with me and and she's kind of like oh i sort of should be over there instead of with him even though you know she does grill him with the why do you follow me around like you were saying earlier uh one of the other things that i wanted to mention is uh we talked about some sad scenes and we talked about his face and i thought that a particularly striking moment for me was the relationship with his son, who is a complete ass in this movie. And I really enjoyed, well, I really appreciated the sequence where he finds out his diagnosis. He comes home. He wants to talk, he wants to talk to his, uh, his son and his, uh, daughter-in-law and he can't say anything yet. And the dad later, or the son later calls downstairs for his dad. The dad thinks that this is the moment where he's going to reveal his illness to his son. And the son just says, make sure you lock the front door. And he essentially collapses on the stairs. And we have this wonderfully lit sequence where he's kind of laying on the stairs and he's um kind of ashamed that he's ill because he's not what he thinks his son wants him to be and i think that that relationship is really important because later on we have the flashback where he's so proud of his son for getting that single in baseball and then the son gets picked off and the fan next to him says that he's an idiot and he's so embarrassed by his son and so it's this embarrassment between father and son that was particularly tough because I was like, God, I never want to be embarrassing to my kid and I never want my kid to be embarrassed by me. And that's the sort of thing that, you know, you only think about if you have the time to sit around and think about that sort of thing, right? Or if you have a movie that brings that sort of thing out into the open, and I was like, God, I hope Anna never thinks that about me. Like, I hope I never do anything <laughs> that's embarrassing her, right? Like, either inadvertently or whatever. And so those sequences in particular really struck me as being emotional. And I will say, if I had a problem with the film, I thought that the wake went on too long. 
And the movie, and remember, this is 1952. The movie, it is, you know, two and a half hours long. It's a substantial film. Like, it's a long movie. And there's not a lot of plot. There's not a lot that really, quote, happens, right? And we we have that wake. And I I like all of the content that's in there. But, man, I felt like we were in there for a long time. Because there's I was, not much to look at, is yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was really surprised by that it kept going on. And once we started intercutting it with him being on the swing and some other bits, I was enjoying it more. But I was like, this is really kind of going on for a while here. And they go through every step mm-hmm. of him. I mean, he goes to the office. He's bullied by, like, some angry businessmen who, like, kind of threaten him in certain in certain ways. You know, he stands face to face with them and all of his like lackeys are surrounding him. Right. And the, and the, and the main guy or whatever. But like, there's this such a good, like, like, yeah. I mean, I, at first I was like, man, this is a long, I didn't realize that the running time before I started it. I'm like, man, they're going to go through every single bit of legislature that needs to get passed in order to get this, this damn park built. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it, it's painstaking, but I think that's why that shot of him at the very end stands so tall and why it's just like, wow, there he is. And they shoot it through the jungle gym, uh-huh. the, 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 or the monkey bars or whatever. There's such a, I mean, it's kind of showing fruits of the fruits of his labor. The last shot of the film too, when it goes up above and shows him walking away on the bridge, um, is really good. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I know what you mean. Like, I, I get that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that, that is one of those things where I, I, I started to, um, I guess whatever the equivalent is of check your watch, I guess check your phone, <laughs> uh, you yeah. know, in, in a certain way when you're, when you're trying to pay attention. Cause some of the stuff they really kept hitting over the head. Mm-hmm. Like, we started to understand, we get it, we get it. He, he, you know, they're, they're arguing whether or not, excuse me, they're arguing whether or not he was an ignorant old fool for not doing certain things with his life or was he, you know, but I like how they just go to the end, the end of that, the end of the film is them sitting in, in the office again. Yeah. And, and like back to it, you know, it just, just a nice little epilogue to the end, but more all that paperwork and like, it, you know, they're all sitting there debating about whether or not his life was a life well led or anything, mm-hmm. you know, or what, what was it like or, you know, where did he go? But ultimately they're going to be in the same boat someday. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, this is just a perfect movie for when you feel a little lost. Yeah. When, when you get to the point of, of like, gosh, you know, where do, where do I step from here? You know, I, I'm, I'm assuming one day I'll come out of retirement, Eric. I'll assume one day that I'll, that I'll, <laughs> I'll go back to a place and I'll work and, and that maybe that position hasn't been made yet. Or That's whatever, right. But something like that will happen. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that you call it retirement too. I, I like call that. it. Reti- I tell everyone I'm, I'm coming out of retirement for the second time. That's I'm good. like I'm like uh, Miyazaki. Oh, this will be my last film. Oh That's no, a... I'm gonna make one more film. Oh no, I'm gonna make one more. Film. You're like the like... Uh, the punch drunk fighter that just doesn't know when. Yeah. To... Oh, I can't. I can't stop. All right. Fine. One more. I That's right. Um, but there's there's this film for me that 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 will help me you know, kind of get there. This is just, it captured kind of what it really meant 
what it, it was a good reminder of what's important. Not mm-hmm. that I ever needed to know what was important. You obviously know your wife and your kid are important, mm-hmm. you know. But like who you are, Eric, as yourself. Like, are you okay with your? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not asking you for your <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> But but are you okay with yourself? Are mm-hmm. you okay with with uh, where even if you haven't done anything great, like build a park mm-hmm. or done anything like that, you know? It's more about it's 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 almost not even about self satisfaction almost. It's almost just about you know just kind of having a a knowing those boundaries in some ways and knowing your yourself you know and 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 what you're capable of. I I doubt before the day before they you know if this character was was truly alive. We got to see him on the day that his life changes forever. But the day before, I wonder if he even thought of of ever building a park or doing or doing the things oh, that he yeah. did, does in this movie, singing out in front of a big crowd like that. Mm-hmm. You know, he's such a bumbling little boring old old man. He's just a he's just not that person. And um, well, yeah, and, it, and he's so he was so interested in being busy right because they asked him what he did and he said that he couldn't he couldn't say what it is that he did but he just always remembered being busy yeah and that really struck me because i was like god you know as a as a teacher you're like well obviously i'm impacting all of these people but it's like am i am i really focusing on that or am i just being busy with all of this paperwork and all of these meetings and this that and the other you know like that's not what's important to have that as your main, that's your, that is what you do. That is your bread and butter. You come in and you have to open these minds up and, and, and help and, and think that way. And to even question that for a second is in some ways highly devastating mm. and probably even more amplified if, if there's like anxiety and, and in an environment where you know, but he never. That it'd be interesting. It'd be an interesting movie if he lived. If he worked in a very um, uh, hostile environment, the way uh-huh. you describe, and yeah. and the way it's just not very healthy and stuff. That'd be interesting. But I think it would be a different movie. It's oh, just, absolutely! It just wouldn't yeah. be the same thing. It has to be but, something really mundane for him for this movie. Yeah, to he work. has yeah. to be that. Yeah. So. No, I agree. I definitely agree. Well, this, I mean, this was, uh, this was a, a weighty one. This was a real sort of meaty film. It wasn't a, hey, let's just pop this in, uh, which is a, kind of the, the deal for some of the movies that we've discussed in the past when we did some Kubrick films. They were not just, hey, let's just throw this in and talk about, and, and watch this, uh, this eyes wide shut just for fun. You know, I I'm thinking about everything we've ever watched. Oh yeah, and we've watched so we've watched a ton of weighty stuff, but like uh, this might be the the heaviest thing. I mean, just in terms of subject matter, but also just in terms of like what it means for the self. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and 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 I'm not even sure if everyone. I, I know I said every it's like required by everyone to watch. If I, you know, if I were to have a prerequisite to live on planet Earth to watch this movie. I would also say I don't know if everyone has the language, like the 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 cognitive fortitude to even be able to like even know certain feelings to be in touch with yeah. for this film. Like yeah. I said, when we talk about well, it's not for everyone. I mean, that's just that's the understatement of the year. But like, 
there's just something about this film that like, I don't, I don't think some people just aren't that in touch with who they are as a person and, and, uh, and, and what they want. I mean, what do you want, Eric? Like, like in reality, what do you, I mean, how does one answer that? Yeah, really. You know? yeah. It's just like, a, I, you know, I, that's, that's why I consider this like, do you call this a masterpiece? Do you call this a great film? Do you call this this or that? I think it just goes beyond that even. Like, I'm not even saying like, oh, it's just so good. It's just beyond that. I'm saying it goes beyond that because it, it is on a level that I don't think I can even, I, we are, I feel like I am attempting to talk like a kid about this film <laughs> because I think it's so heady. Mm-hmm. Um, but not in a weird, like, trippy, Oh yeah, it's not like Brazil. It's not Terry Gilliam or you know. We're not talking about 2001 or something. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's 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 just something that I feel like you know. I'm I'm sure even I mean clearly someone like Kurosawa didn't have it all together, didn't have it all right, you know, and and even even I mean 20 years after he had made this, what is this? Uh, 52. This is 52. So yeah, like I know almost exactly. Uh, it was what eleven years after this, or nine years after this, or so, or excuse me, nineteen years later. 19, he would he yeah. he would attempt suicide. It's it's just well, he horrible. may not he may not have all of the the answers, but he was smart enough to know what questions to ask. Absolutely, and I think and, that's and important. He used such a good vehicle of Nakashi Shimura uh, to to tell this film. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's such a he's such a great person to place in this. I don't, yeah. I mean, it'd be like, okay, now you're tasked with making the American re. I don't even want to think about this, but the American <laughs> the American remake of Akira. Who do you put in here? And someone like mishears you, and they think Akira. So now they're thinking they got to remake the live action Akira film. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just like I don't even want to think about that. But like, how do you? How do you? Do, this is lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Like in the eye of a needle, and all rolled into one thing. Like, so I mean, it's like an eleven out of five stars, you know, kind of in a way. But well, it's it is one of those where it's it's so funny because it is so heavily dependent on the sort of openness of the audience to allow the film to sort of work on you and and work on your in your own life and. It also seems to be at a very important time in Kurosawa's life that that he made this film because, you know, he's got things that were certainly more mainstream, I guess, as, as mainstream as, as Kurosawa kind of, you know, gets or got, I guess. I'm sure it was at the time in the country that it was made in. Yeah, because you have, you know, Rashomon, it was 1950, and then... This was the film right before Seven Samurai. And so, I mean, talk about... No kidding. Yeah. Wow, yeah, I guess you're right. So talk about, like, the sort of swing of films in terms of style to where Seven Samurai is great. I mean, people can listen to our review of that film, but that is so much different because it's putting the band together and and it's a lot of choreography and a lot of fighting and a lot of, you know, sets and... And how are we going to make this set look like this? And we got this rain sequence and blah, 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 blah. That's not this film. 
That is not. No, what yeah, there's like. no action. There's no swords. There's no in Hidden Fortress. I think there's a chase on a horse. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing even close to something like that. This is clearly like, it's a, it's just the, just the. Just a small scale. It's one of his strongest, though, that I've seen. That's why. That's why. And it was so early on in terms of his uh, more successful films. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. Yeah, Man. it's it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy the fact that he has such a plot-heavy film. Rashomon has kind of got that you know that trippy, different points of view sort of thing, and it's uh, it's very unique in that way. And it's and we talked about the different techniques that it introduced and that sort of thing. And and then we have this sort of very stripped away film, and it's just about the inevitable. Uh, you know, that's one of the things that we didn't really get into. But I love how inevitable death is. It's not a thing where it's like, oh, you can beat this, and and we can find a cure. It's no, he's dying, and he knows he's dying. And there's no real talk about, oh, if I do this, it'll make my life better. He, you know, he knows that he's not gonna let just walk away or something like that. It's even like a. It's even goes beyond the. Uh, well, let me get my things in order. Mm-hmm. Let me make sure everyone's happy. He's not even concerned with that. Yeah. He's concerned with the one thing people probably should be concerned with is, in that, and that is themselves, making right. themselves satisfied, making themselves feel like there's a there's a bit of self worth and and direction. Even in the end, there's still direction. There's still something to be learned. There's still you're still a student of life and and it's still going to teach you no matter what and and that's one of the things that you know it's just kind of hard to i guess i mean chemicals or let me think body chemicals can be all sorts of different ways right mm-hmm. you know they can they can lead you to do some really bad stuff to yourself but like i don't know just watching this film you would think even you would think Akira Kurosawa would like never attempt suicide right. at, at just because he had made this like bible of a film <laughs> you know like about how to be uh, you know how to be at the end of your life how to how to really take this stuff on he even got it he understood it maybe not fully but he clearly understood something and even then still it's just hard to hear that that you know, 20 years later, he wouldn't be okay. It makes mm-hmm. me scared. It makes me, it makes me worried, you know, just about any of us, mm-hmm. not just myself. But at the same time, like, you know, that's kind of what the movie's saying, though. You know, it's like, you could be this boring old, old man one minute and the next minute you could, you know, you could have a change of heart. Anything could, could switch. And, yeah. and, just you never know. know. I, I thought last summer, you know, last summer it was like, Oh, it couldn't be higher, man. I'm, I'm working a good job, you know, you know, things are great, you know, and stuff like that. And now where I'm currently sitting, it's just like, I don't know what the future holds. I'm right. a little scared and everyone's a little scared. Right. But like, and, and I'm, I'm sure you're feeling, you know, somewhat similar feelings. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter. Like, what's the, this movie, it could not have come at, like I said, it could not have come at a better time. Right. Uh, for me, I, I, I'm glad I didn't watch this in the first round of uh, Kurosawa films. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Um, we were in very much uh, different mental states, and it would have been yeah. a, a much different discussion. I feel like. I yeah, I almost I almost wish in an in another world what that would sound like mm-hmm. in some ways. I think I might have been more 
talking about maybe death or something like that, like you yeah. know, how he's able to talk, you know, that way about it. I don't, but having the, the, having an unfortunate uh, perspective, I think both of us can, can kind of, I don't know, use this. I, I, I keep comparing this film to like a prayer almost because, mm-hmm. you know, my mom, I grew up in a very uh, religious uh, Christian Catholic background. Um, that's where I come from. And like, while I may not practice now, I've taken some of that stuff in my backpack of life and have moved on and walked, you know, and there's been many influences from all sorts of places, but in particular, like one of the things my mom gets so she, she won't mind me talking about this cause she's, she's absolutely devout uh, lady. But, um, there's this feeling of like fulfilled, you know, ness that comes out of going to a service that she just really loves mm. and hearing scripture and passages that she just really loves and she feels filled with a certain amount here. Th- that's the closest description I could think of when watching a film like this. I just come away from this thinking hope. I think of this, I come away from this feeling like fulfilled in some way that things will be okay even if it doesn't. Even if there's stomach cancer, the worst of all, you know, the worst, the, the C word, you know, can't, you know, the the worst you could possibly happen to you, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like, you know, you just you gotta you gotta just keep moving forward, you know. That, that that's, that's all I can say. That's a Walt Disney like line. Keep moving forward. Keep oh, just keep swimming. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Man, hmm. thank you, thank you, Dis- Walt Disney. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for a cure course on Walt Disney. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay, well, is there anything? This is definitely a, a, a movie that people should check out. Uh, I will say the only caveat is make sure you're ready for it, though. You know, make sure you have the time to pay attention yes. to it. Make sure you have the time to devote to it. Don't just come in and be like, "Oh, I'm just gonna have this on while I look at my phone" or something like that. Like that's not this kind I'm- of movie. I recommend either getting fired from your job or self-retiring <laughs> yeah, and then watching it because then you have all the time in the world. That's right. Um, but yeah, this is this is an interesting film to watch moments before it's going to turn into a new year. And you think, new year, new me, new life, new everything. Like, yeah, what a, what a, what a film to just be like, well, here we come as you as you uh, uh, cannonball into 2018. Jeez, mm-hmm. all right, <laughs> here we yeah. go. And... And our next film is slightly different. It it is Throne of Blood, and let me give you the real <laughs> the real brief synopsis of this. It is a war a war hardened general egged on by his ambitious wife works to fulfill a prophecy that he would become Lord of Spider Web's castle. So there you go. Perfect. So, so you know what? A little after bit different. A, after a film like this, bring it on. Give me the give me the Throne of Blood. I'll glad. I'll ta- give me that. Yes. And you Perfect. can also you can also find Ben and I's uh, new company that is called uh, Self Retired. It'll be at <laughs> selfretired.com soon, I'm sure. Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I'm out. You, that's right. If you have any comments, suggestions, or movies that you'd like to hear us talk about, you could email us at plainlabelpodcast at gmail.com. Since people don't really email anymore, you could also get a hold of us over at Twitter. Uh, the show's handle is at plain label pod mine is at eric williams 79 we also have a facebook page and an instagram account for the show just search for plain label podcast you'll find us over there 
And if you wanted to help us out a little bit, you can head over to movienoise.com. That's movienoise.com. Over there, you're going to find our episodes posted. If you click on the show notes, you'll find links to our Amazon wish list, our Amazon shopping link, and uh, the Audible book that I talked about earlier in the show. And you can get something for free, like I said, through Audible just by signing up. That is yours to keep. If you decide not to stick with Audible, you still get to keep that book. It doesn't uh, disappear or anything like that. So I do want to thank Ben for coming on once again and uh, talking talking about this very difficult film. It's very fulfilling, (laughs) very fulfilling film. If people wanted to hear more from you, where could they find you? Yes. Okay. So being retired, um, it makes me, uh, on Twitter a lot more. <laughs> I don't really post as much. So you can follow me on Twitter. I'm probably not going to post a lot, but I do repost, uh, my two shows that I work on and I'm a, and a, are a part of a monthly slash bi-monthly, whatever Zach wants to work, uh, comics podcasts, <laughs> uh, pictures within pictures. Um, that's with Zach Kersey and Will Piper. That's at PWP Comics Pod on Twitter. And then, uh, this month we're going to be doing, uh, Chester Brown's Ed the Happy Clown. That's our, our book of the month. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the video game book club of the month show that I do, uh, for video games is Co-op Mode Reviews Podcast. Both of these are on iTunes, so you can just search for those. Um, this month, uh, we're going to be talking about The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past from the Super Nintendo series. Mm, That's awesome. the show that I do, yeah. That's the show that I do with, uh, Mike SB, Josh Ackerman, and Christopher Lowe. And that's at Coop, C-O-O-P, Mode Reviews, all one word, on Twitter. Um, but, I was going to say, where, where are you going to find me? You're going to find me on Letterboxd. You're mm. going to find, you're going to, that's all I do anymore is watch <laughs> movies and do the dishes and, Press, uh, press uh, the wife's scrubs before she runs off into the night and saves lives. Um, I am on Letterboxd. It's, I literally just watch movies and just rate, star rate them. And um, so it's the same as my Twitter handle, at Ben Teed, uh, T-I-E-D-E. So find mm. me on Letterboxd. Follow me there and tell me why I'm wrong. There you go. I'm <laughs> over there. I was going to say, I'm over there, too. I don't, uh, I don't ever talk about Letterboxd. I think I saw that you didn't like something the other day, and I was like, what, Ben? What are you doing? I would, you know, I bet it. I, you know, I bet it was what? I bet it was Star Trek. Mm, I don't think so. I think it was something else. I forget what it, it was. Back to the Future. I'll, uh, I'll have to find it and I'll, I'll tell you. I'll I'm tell you where you were wrong. Movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was Civil War. It was Civil War. No, I don't think that was it. No, really? Okay. Uh, I'll, really I'll look it up. I'll, I'll text you. All right, really. perfect. All right. All right. So thank you for listening. <laughs> uh, we'll be back. Like we said, we'll be back next week with a much different film, the 1957 Throne of Blood. Yeah.